You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back, everyone. My name is Samantha. I am your host, and today I am joined by my friend and colleague, Dan Schiffmacher. Dan has worn many hats throughout his career. He's worked as a professional studio photographer, a production assistant for an AMC project, a video editor for marketing companies, and even an independent startup TV network. Currently, Dan has shifted into the social media video space as a video editor for Goalcast. He has also previously worked for brands such as Screen Rant, The Gamer, CBR, and has edited videos for YouTube personality, Dr. Mike. Dan, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's good to, good to be here. Good to have you. We actually work together. I see you every week on Zoom, but we don't really get a chance to work together like on the same kind of projects, and we've never actually met in person. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. There's been a few people that have, have uh, joined our um, team that I just haven't and I was like, oh, that's right. I've been working with you for like eight, nine months now, and I, but I, I have not met you in person. Yeah. So you're the first colleague and peer that I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing, which is oh. so cool, but it's kind of weird. Is, is it just me? <laughs> is it weird for you too? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, a little bit. A little bit, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, th- I, think it, I think it's a, it is and it isn't. It's, it's nice to be a guest on on other podcasts. I, I ran a podcast network for a while. So I kind of like was in the producing role and trying to do come up with ideas and stuff like that. So it's kind of good to be, you know, switch the role a little bit and be, be a guest on one. So I'm, you know, I, I'm more excited about that than um, just seeing what you have to offer versus, uh, you know, it being weird or anything, but it's, diff- <laughs> it's definitely different. Like, I'm glad that you have this creative endeavor that, that we're, that we get to kind of uh, come a little closer on. I agree. And I think we're about to get even closer because we were talking (laughs) just offline about your podcast, which is going to stretch me far outside of my comfort zone. Can you tell us a little bit about Talking Wild with Dan? Yeah. So this is just, I don't know what, it's it's a silly idea that I just came up with. Like, So I lived in Chicago for a while and this is an idea that I just kind of came up when I was riding the train, walking home one time. I was like, oh, this would be an interesting idea for a show. It's pretty, essentially uh, in, the, in, in the podcast, I am a Dr. Doolittle type person. Where <laughs> I have the ability to talk to animals, but I use that ability by having them as guests on my show. So every episode is me learning about an animal and, and um, there was an ample supply of improvisers looking to get you know some screen time in Chicago so it was it was really great to to be able to um you know see how everybody took you know what animal they would pick and what they'd say about them so each episode it's uh you pick your animal and I I I interview you as what what it would be uh like to be that animal so I'm excited to you know stepping out of your comfort zone that's something that uh, I'm definitely I've gotten used to over the years but uh, I'm excited to to go on that journey with you (laughs) Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I have never, <laughs> I've done plenty of podcast interviews. I have never done one as an animal. <laughs> and yep. I guess part of the fun, we don't even have to know anything about that animal. We can just right. kind no, of show it's, up. It's just, it's kind of, an, it's just kind of this kind of, kind of this back and forth conversation. And eventually, you know, I'll lead in and eventually I'll be like, Hey, you know, what's, what's it like being a fish? Like, do you, have you ever been down to like, like specifically, what's it like being a shark? Have you ever been down to like the Titanic? What's that like? You know, <laughs> 
just kind of, you know, st- stuff like that. So, um, yeah, no, it's fun. It's, a, it's just, it, you know, in like, I, I put myself on a schedule for a while with that show where I wanted to have, you know, an episode every, either one time when I first started, it was like a new episode every two weeks. Then I was, I really hustled and had a new episode every week. Um, but like it, you know, when it stopped getting kind of fun is when I kind of stopped, you know, when I was more focused on getting an episode versus having fun during them, you know, that's kind of when I stopped doing it. But, um, you know, I never put an end to it and I never, you know, I still, it's all still up there. So I'm, I'm definitely excited to get back into recording some new episodes. Awesome. I love that part of your whole outlook is about following the fear. It's what we're going to be talking about today. And I mean, you and I were in the business of sharing empowering stories and I, so appreciate that you've jumped on the opportunity to share your story of change because I think it's one that people will be able to relate to even if they've not walked the same path. Um, I think they'll be able to see parts of themselves in your story. So, I mean, if you're good with it, let's dive in. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. All right. So you're living in Chicago, building your career and your life with your girlfriend, and she mm-hmm. shared this incredible news that she got her dream job with a teeny tiny caveat that it was across the country in New Hampshire. What was it like when you realized that life was about to change? Well, you know, we had always kind of talked about that because like, so like she's, she's a, she builds um, and sometimes designs like costumes and construction. Like she had her own shop in Chicago. So like she was a freelance she was a business owner. She, you know, uh, you know, she did freelance stuff, but it wasn't, it started not to be as sustainable as we wanted it to be as far as, you know, uh, monetarily. Um, so the talk discussions like, okay, what are the options long-term, you know, at some point maybe getting a job in a university or something. And she went to the university of New Hampshire over here. Um, so, you know, there was something that just kind of maybe was a thing, maybe five, 10 years down the road. So I always had it kind of in the back of my mind, but then like all of a sudden this oppor- the opportunity came, came up and, you know, I, it, it's so interesting. Cause like, because of the nature of our, our both, both our jobs, we were very busy. Uh, you know, so we didn't have a lot of time to go on vacations or anything, uh, but we had a chance to go like get away for one weekend and we did. And that's when she found out that the, the position was open. So, uh, like it was um to me like it, i i just kind of like i always knew at the time that it, i would kind of just listen to myself and see how i would react uh and like my my immediate initial reaction was like I, let's let's do it it's exciting let's 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 see what let's see what's i've never been to new hampshire <laughs> you know like I, I don't know anything like i i'm from i'm from uh, upstate new york so i'm from the east coast initially um so like it was, you know, my, and my brother lives in New York city. So like it beca- I started thinking of the benefits of, you know, being over on the East coast again, I could easily go see my brother sometimes or, you know, stuff like that. And so like that was kind of the main thing that was just listening to myself and my initial reaction. Cause if my initial reaction was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do this, then, you know, I, I wouldn't have done it, you know, but I was excited about it. So it was, it was, that into the unknown, you know, what are, what are, you know, and I had a job in, I had a job in Chicago with a marketing firm, but the person who was, who, and I was like their video person, um, the person who was before me worked completely remote um, from Michigan. So like I knew that they were at one point a little bit flexible, 
Um, so I wasn't sure if I was going to still keep a job or not, or what was going to happen, but I knew this was a crazy good, good opportunity for her as far as, you know, um, what she was going through and then what, you know, the availability. So I just was excited about it. I, I just was excited and I was like, let's, yeah, let's do it. Have you always been someone who's like so easily swayed and pulled by change? I mean, no job waiting for you on, on the other side, never been to New Hampshire. You're like, sure, I'll yeah. live there. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I don't, I don't think so. I, I think that, I think that early, I, I think that moving to, believe it or not, I think moving to Chicago is kind of open. I've always been someone who's been, um, you know, try to see the get the positive side of things, you know, try to see, find the silver lining in most things. And, um, and I definitely know like growing up and in, in all that, you know, it wasn't really as much, um as uh, embracing change as i am now um and i think part of moving to chicago did that because that was kind of that was that for me like i my move to chicago from upstate new york was like you know i had a job i transferred with there's a, there's a national company so i was able to transfer so i had money so that was a thing but i also had never been to chicago when i moved to chicago so like i had never you know never been there once and but I was excited by the fact that, you know, it was a bigger city and there's all this stuff and learning all this new stuff. And once that happened and I got involved with like a community of improvisers and where people are actively like, you know, you have to kind of like live in the moment and try it like that kind of, it just kind of enhanced the idea of like, you know, you can't, you, you gotta be open-minded to a lot of things. So I think that was a change that's happened within uh, the last, I'd say decade or so, as far as like my mindset around that. So when you talk about improvisers, just for clarity, like we're talking like improv acting. Yeah, improv comedy. Yeah, comedy. so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That so Chicago. Um, I mean, obviously, yeah, Chicago is a big, a big place for that. It's where a lot of like you know everybody you see in SNL or anybody who's made it in comedy, right, has come from there either at the Second City or um, uh, Improv Olympic. Those are the kind of two big hubs for you know training um, those comedians back in the '90s. Um, so like, you know, and I kind of was involved a little bit with that in, in New York, but that, that's something I always found fun to do. I did it in a little bit in college and, you know, I, I kind of liked to act, but I didn't, you know, I didn't think I had the drive to make it a career because I was always interest, interested in the behind the scenes stuff, but I did like, I still thought it was fun. So, so that, you know, they had, they had that big, giant community, um, um, there. So that was, yeah. So it's, 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 it's a thing. It's, it, it's definitely an interesting uh, place and community. It's something that I've always wanted to try that I've been kind of, I'm not kind of, I've been very reluctant to try because yeah. I'm, I took myself so seriously and I just admired the people who could kind of go up on stage and, and wing it and be funny and carry a story. And I mean, it's not that you don't care what the audience thinks because you want to entertain, but yeah. there's this perception that, you can really just be yourself that for a while I don't feel I had the confidence to do. Is that something, I mean, does that resonate? Like, is it something that helped build confidence or did you go in like kind of wanting to build other skills? You know, I think it's definitely like, yeah, no, I think I definitely wanted to go in there. I don't know if I was wanting to build, I, I wanted to build friends and community in a place that I just moved to. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, and you know, 
somebody from um i was living in rochester new york at the time so it was like if you're going to do improv you should go to chicago and train there and meet these people and and i was like okay well you know i mean i don't know if i'll ever want to be on snl but like that's you know that's still like a good place to go so like going into improv there i, I at the point i already had met people that you know that i interacted with and 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 like were friends of mine like um i'm still with friends with today um so I think I just wanted to perform. I think that's the reason why I wanted to perform and I didn't want to, uh, there to be like this, like, I didn't want to have to go through like callbacks and all this other stuff. I just wanted to get on stage and just, you know, uh, have fun. I think it's what it, what it came down to as far as that. And they definitely had, there's plenty of opportunity to do that in, in Chicago. I don't know that there's, I mean, there are definitely skills and things that I learned in my, like that changes has changed my mindset by doing, by, enlisting in some of these classes but that wasn't my intention going i just wanted to have fun i think is what it came down to it's good i mean i think we need some outlet for fun in our life but part of i guess what improv had taught you was this concept of following the fear and for something that is kind of so fun and free i mean how how did that experience allow you to kind of lean into being afraid sometimes yeah, I, I mean, so like when you're doing, when you're going to in classes in, uh, you know, that's a model uh, from um, those words uh, were coined by Del Close, who kind of long form improv, he kind of helped um, establish some of like the, the, the different types of forms there. And um, it, that was, I don't know, I have a shirt somewhere that I got that says it on there because because it, uh, it's, um, when we're in classes and there's something in like, we have these instructors who kind of watch us do different scenes with you, with, you know, with your different peers, you, they can tell if there's something that's bothering you and, or it's something that you don't feel comfortable doing. And granted it's, it's like, you have like five people um, on stage and one person in the, in the background who's not really, who's not really coming out and doing things as much they'll make they'll be like hey why don't you come out like they'll pur- purposely you know make you kind of come out and just try to do something to kind of get you they'll 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 kind of coach that to you they're not they're not trying to make you feel uncomfortable for the sake of being uncomfortable but for people you know who who are actively paying for these classes they 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 want you to get your money's worth so they want to make sure that you kind of kind of break out of your shell because everybody has that you know everybody has their no matter who you are, how how far deep down it's inside, there's something that you're hiding from everybody, and it's you know it, it, that's that's it's so they they really tried to bring it out um, in in everybody. So that's kind of where it started, and then you know when you do that for uh, I don't know 16 weeks or something, like when different classes, like you kind of follow those kind of rules, then you start applying them to your life. And you start to th- see things a little bit different, you know? So it's, um, yeah. What are some of the other lessons that improv has taught you? Because it's something you reference quite a bit at work too. I do. And I, you know, maybe because it just, and, and I don't, I'm not, I guess I'm not trying to like, I don't, I'm trying to brag. I'm like, well, you know, I did improv, you know, I'm not trying <laughs> to do something like, you know, that thing that, uh, you know, those who's line people do. Yeah. Well, I've, <laughs> Uh, done that. Um, no, I, I, I think one of the biggest, you know, you learn to kind of like with improvised scenes, 
um, a lot of people think it's like, I'm going to say a funny thing. You're going to say a funny thing. And we're both going to say funny things. Um, with, with long form improv, it's more about, it's more state, like it's more longer scenes versus like the whose line is anyway stuff. Um, where they're kind of fun games that are short and you can, you can laugh in different things. But these like, so like in these longer scenes, you have to kind of find out what this other person's character is like kind of feeling, you know, what they're really trying to say to you. Mm. And there are a lot of things that you can apply to life. I, 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 remember this really clearly. Um, I had moved to um, Chicago with a, a, a someone else I was dating at the time. And uh, I remember one time we were walking back from uh, somewhere and we were getting in some sort of fight and it was just about something silly like pizza. And in my mind, I was like, what is this really about? Like, what are we, what are you really trying? Is there something behind this that you're not telling me that you're really kind of angry about? So like that, and then that kind of, it made me kind of look at things that way. It's like, okay, well, we're not really fighting about pizza. We're fighting about something that she didn't tell me or that I did something like yesterday that we just haven't communicated about. So it has helped me kind of think in, in, in that, in that way um, at times, you know, that's kind of, it definitely was kind of an aha moment for me when I was trying to think of like, okay, what's really happening here? What, what's this, you know, about? That's a really great lesson and a good story. Let's fast forward to when you're in New Hampshire, you're starting this new life. All of a sudden you're working remotely, you're by yourself, you're away from the hustle and bustle of a big city and you're living at a much slower pace, which I imagine was a pretty significant change. It was. Yeah, it was. And like, um, yeah, it was it really because, like, you know, you get you're living in a big city too. Like for me, getting wrapped up in the community there, and you you feel like, especially for me, like I, there is so much opportunity in a big in a big city for you to do anything. Like you know, you know, you can like, okay, you have all these people who are creative, and like you have these big communities, and you can do whatever you want. Um, you get kind of wrapped up in in all of all of that, so you don't necessarily focus as much on like your health, you know, like in comedy communities and stand up and improv there's a lot of uh meeting people at bars having some food having drinks having some lunch. you know it's a lot of that all the time it's where, where most people meet up mm-hmm. um and a lot of theaters in chicago have kind of bank on that like they have bars they want to make sure they want to get you there to kind of have that community and see keep up appearances kind of so like get, take that away and now i'm here um where the air is cleaner uh, everything's greener, you know, like there's a lot more, a lot, it's got its own personality being, you know, New Hampshire being almost as old as Boston, as far as like age of towns and buildings and stuff. Um, like the first week or so when, when, um, she was off in her new job and I was here by myself working remote, I was just, I had a lot of time with myself and, um, and any kind of those opportunities as far as, um, you know, creative outlets and stuff. I didn't have those initial connections at all. You know, I didn't, I had those people that I knew back in Chicago, but I didn't have any, didn't know anybody here. Um, so it was a bit of a wake up call because like I, I realized, you know, different things about like my, my health as far as like, you know, I, I was probably drinking a little too much, you know, I was probably, um, you know, physically I probably wasn't working out as much and I wasn't, um, focusing on like things that I think, you know, there are things I got in, I got into habits uh, that were probably not as, as healthy, you know, they're always going out and stuff like that. But like here 
I found out, like I started doing, like, like eating things and doing things that I remember doing and stuff before I had moved. Chicago was like, oh yeah, I do like doing that. Mm. You know, I, I, I started writing, like, um, I did a little bit in Chicago, but I rode, like, they have like a bike share thing around here. So I rode, just rode around. That's kind of how I got to know that this little uh, city that I live in, um, or town, or it's, it's, it's a little New England port city where you know I just kind of drove, rode around and it was just like this is you know I, I like going out and just kind of exploring things I you know almost kind of found myself again you know like I, I just got I got in t- I got more in touch with like this is before like you know the pandemic I got more in touch with like friends I hadn't talked to in a while mm-hmm. uh you know and so it just felt like it allowed me to kind of take like a pause if, mm-hmm. I guess on on um on everything and just kind of rethink. So it was, I w- I'm not gonna say it was easy. It just overall lesson was that, you know, I started listening to myself a little bit more and kind of getting back into the things that, um, that I enjoy. Hmm. Do you ever think about what life would be like if you hadn't made the move? You know, I do. <laughs> I did. And that was part of my kind of decision process. Cause it was like, and it might get a little cheesy, I guess, but like in my, <laughs> in, in my mind, it was okay. My options are: I move to New Hampshire, and we start this kind of like new chapter in our relationship, or I stay in Chicago and I am single again. But like, so in my mind, living in Chicago without her was not as good as living in, in a completely new place. You know, exploring a new place uh, and and going on that adventure with her. It just didn't. It, without her, it didn't it didn't seem the same. What a romantic guy, Dan. <laughs> I try to be. <laughs> so you talk about the importance of kind of listening to yourself and you mentioned it a couple of times and listening to what you needed as far as, you know, whether it was a habit change or when the opportunity first came about in conversation to discuss moving and you're like, I just kind of listened to my immediate instinct and followed that. What advice would you have for someone who's potentially embarking on a change and can't really tap into that sense of self. Like they don't know what they're feeling at the moment. I think that like what I would say to people who weren't so sure about like trusting themselves, like, or, or they don't know what to, you know, how to listen. Like I would say in the very first, make like a pro and con list. You know, I think that's the easiest thing you could do is make mm-hmm. a list of the good things that would, come from do making this decision the bad things and then like look at that list and then think about you know i think when you look at that list you can kind of see like way way what what what's better than and what's not like you know moving to new hampshire there aren't as many uh deep dish pizzas well that's not <laughs> that's not going to prevent me from you know like like that's a con but like at the same Was time that actually like, on your list <laughs> no 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 <laughs> It wasn't, that, but that's part of the that's part of the self care thing, right? <laughs> like not having those around all the time uh, is it benefits your uh, you replace that with lobster. Oh, fancy! Which is a little bit better, a um, little more pricey, but you know, <laughs> yeah, in a market rate, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like I, a pro cons is I think is a good is a good kind of thing. I made it mentally; I didn't actually write it down. But like if you can, if you need to write it down do that. And then like, you know, you know, you better than anybody else does. So like, you know, if there are more things on that pro side that, you know, 
that that work for you then i think you kind of have your, your decision already made even if like there's one or two things like yeah but like what if you know what if i can't you know i always try to think of different options to different ways to make any you know those cons even into some sort of pros like kind of spin it so like for instance yeah they don't have deep dish pizza here but chicago like your companies in chicago do mail them like you can order them and get them froze like freeze-dried here it's expensive but if i really wanted it you know so it's like i don't know if the deep dish pizza analogy is great but like like (laughs) try to spin you know if if you're leaning towards look at the list and and if you if you if you can um if you can spin some of those cons to be like oh you you can make them work but just differently then i think you kind of have your decision or on the the flip side too if you if you don't you know if there's a lot of cons it's a lot of cons over pros then you know like even if it's a brand new job and it's a lot of money but you have a relationship here and you have to lose that relationship and you'll have to go to a new place where you're not sure about like you know i looked up some stuff in new hampshire and one of the things that like they such this area is they're big into like hockey and i grew up playing hockey and i lost track of that you know and like i haven't done it yet but like there's a lot of opportunity here to do that and get back into that it's like try to find things that uh, you know, mean, identify what's most important to you and then compare that with the pros and cons list. So you can Mm -hmm. see where it like what you value and what, um, where that falls. Like ultimately if your relationship is the most important thing to you and everything's going great and you see a future there and there's, there's this opportunity, um, for you to move across the country, uh, you know, and it's a, it's a best, if that, if your partner doesn't necessarily, isn't as open to you, is, you know, you just have to work that out. Like if, if they're not open to doing, to doing that, then you have to kind of, you know, away, I'm not saying drop that person, but like, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, like you, I would say communication is the key to that stuff. Like if, if, um, you know, if the other person that you're with doesn't necessarily support you or, or want that then you have to kind of rethink okay well why don't they what's the what's the reason there's a little bit deeper than that but like you know it's there's reasoning behind them there's more communication to be had so assuming we've done the work we've we've done the pros and cons list we've actually turned some of the cons into pros by spinning them a bit and we're really excited about the opportunity for change whatever that might be but we are still scared shitless yeah. <laughs> what can we do one simple hack to follow the fear so i'd say like for me like look to the place like i could say you if it's in this case if it's a place where you're moving look at like sign up for something sign up mm-hmm. for a class like even if it's like a you know something that you're interested in if you find like a place that's like uh you know, a culinary class or something it has offered sign up for that put a deposit down so now it's kind of real now you kind of have to do it you know like yeah kind of have to commit to it so like you kind of force yourself because like i even in chicago i wasn't like crazy i wasn't sure about it you know i was transferred i had a lot of people and friends and community where i was living in rochester and i signed up for improv classes before i had even moved there and it was like i was i moved there beginning of july and like the classes started like mid-july so i was like well now i have to now I have to do it. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, it could be whatever, um, you know, I guess also signing a lease on a place or, you know, whatever that was also too, or even just book yourself a, a ticket to go to, to go there. Mm-hmm. 
but I, I mean, that's just in terms of, you know, leaving one like a new job kind of situation, but like, I guess in general, like, yeah, commit to something that'll kind of push you over the edge to like, okay, well, I, you know, have to do it now. Like, cause I, I told, you know, I told myself that this is granted that you've made the decision, you're ready to go, um, you know, make it, make it more concrete, you know, yeah, just, can't back or, out or now. tell your friend, uh, you know, that, yeah, exactly. Tell, tell your friend that you, you're going to, drive there and then have them rent a car. So now you have somebody else, you know, or get somebody else involved to kind of like help you get there. I mean, to just a, just a push you just a little bit over the edge mm-hmm. so that you, you can take that jump. Oh, great advice. Where can people connect with you to learn more either about your story or about following the fear in general? Let's see. I'm trying to think I'm on LinkedIn. So you feel free to connect with me there. I have a pretty um, good presence there. Um, I also, <laughs> like, you know, I don't mean to brag, but it's, well, no, I mean, everybody, <laughs> I think they say that I'm a super user. As well. I don't know. <laughs> According to LinkedIn, my profile is 98% complete or something. I don't know. Um, you can find me, find me there. Um, I haven't been crazy active on my other social media accounts like this year. Um, but, you know, I also have a, a, my podcast. You can feel free to check that out if you want to hear some me interview some animals uh, or people pretending to be animals. Uh, <laughs> um, it's just you and be, your cat. <laughs> soon to be, yeah. Soon to be you uh, as whatever animal you choose. Oh, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Talking Wild with Dan, that's the that's the head of the website. It's, I think it's talkingwithdan.com. Awesome. Guys, do be sure to check out his podcast. It's hilarious. The first few episodes that I listened to, it was like laugh out loud, funny, which I don't feel like do as much in quarantine working from home and, and kind of just being online. But oh gosh, it's refreshing. It's a good time. I am so nervous to be a guest as an animal on that show. Totally stepping outside the box there. Dan, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.